1: Monday, you know what that means. We're here on the Popcorn Talk Network for another episode of I Could Never Be, helping inspire you, helping motivate you, helping you achieve your dreams one episode at a time, talking with people that you feel have achieved success in the world, actors, athletes, musicians, people in business, people who we think they've had an easy path that, oh, man, they, they got to where they are. It only took like a couple days that's not the case. They took years, took many years. they struggled. They hit obstacles, but they overcame them and we're sharing their stories right here. We are live here every single Monday on the Popcorn Talk at 410 with a new episode. We're also available on Apple Podcasts. I want to shout out some people who have rated us and commented on Apple Podcasts. Becky says, quote, incredible concept and content. Everyone can be inspired and challenged to hope for greatness. G-R-H-Y says, keep them coming. Always helps inspire me and keeps me going, chasing after my dreams. If you guys feel the same way like comment subscribe rate tell a friend always want to share that positivity speaking of positivity I always start the show with some advice for a better life and today my advice for a better life is that you're rarely ready for success right away but you are ready to begin the journey to success and what that means is that if you think about it you're not ready to, if you want to run a business, you're not ready to run a multi-million dollar business right away. From day one, if you're put if you're put in that spot, you likely won't succeed. But you are ready to start your first sale. You are ready to go out and be able to make a sale and be able to grow that business. If you want to become an actor, you're not ready to be placed as the lead in a, a multi-million dollar production right away. But you are able to take that acting class you are able to start in the play. You are able to start on whatever journey it is and that journey will lead you to success. And I think today's guest certainly is the perfect embodiment of this. He actually started selling socks in college on a table outside of the outside of a building. He then sold socks out of his backpack. Sold 20,000 socks out of his backpack. That company, Feet Socks, has significantly grown. He now sells multiple millions of dollars of apparel every single year. Our, his founder was blamed to Forbes' 30 under 30 list. He joins us now. Taylor Offer, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. I mean, when you introduce yourself, do you introduce yourself as, Hi, I'm Taylor. I sell millions of dollars of socks <laughs> and hoodies online every year.
2: No, I'm sure people would not like me if I introduced myself as that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how, how much into the conversation does it get where you like, Oh, I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. Oh, what do you do? I sell socks and hoodies. Like it is how far into the conversation do you, do you let that go?
2: Yeah. So and when I first started the company, that's all I would talk about within five seconds, here's what I do. Blah, blah, blah. It's like really like shove it down people's throat all the time. Like look at my company, this, this, this. And then as I've kind of grown and matured, like I kind of allude to it and don't really talk about it as much. Um, because then all of a sudden they're like, oh, you're a millionaire. it's like, no, I'm not. Like, no, oh, yeah. you're this, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, I, I don't know. I try to not talk about it too much.
1: Yeah, because it, it, in general, it's, it's the it's the business, you know? And no matter what business it is, it takes running a business. And running a business is not as easy. It's just like, oh, yeah, let me just hit a few buttons on my computer. And I got several employees going to work and doing this. Like, no, you're. it's still a day-to-day grind. Kind of.
2: Not not <laughs> as much as day-to-day grind anymore once we've figured it out. So, yeah, at first it was a grind. We had no idea what the hell we were doing. As we've been able to grow, um, we've learned how to automate and outsource a lot of different things, and it's made our lives a lot easier.
1: Certainly, certainly. If you guys want to follow Taylor, by the way, after the show, at Taylor Offer on Instagram or at Taylor Parker, both accounts, and certainly want to check out Feet Socks as well on their website and be able to check them out on Instagram. Uh, thankful again to be here on the Popcorn Talk, at the Popcorn Talk on Instagram and on Twitter, and at The Only MC on Instagram and on Twitter for myself. Also, shout out to people who are joining us in the live chat. If you have a question, put it in there. I'll try to work it into the show. We're live again here every single Monday. We like to incorporate everyone here and be able to have you feel like you're part of the show because you are. I love the story of how Feet Socks began is that literally you were at college and I think the trend was like, hey, maybe socks are kind of popping off as something to be a fashion statement. Tell me kind of how you took it from oh, this could be a cool concept to actually creating this brand at college.
2: Yeah. So, I I mean, it started, it was the first day of senior year. It was an entrepreneurship class. And I thought I was killing it this other custom t-shirt company where I was making 20 grand a semester. And this kid Parker comes over to me, who's way more humble. And I was talking a little bit, then he goes, I've sold over a million dollars of lacrosse uniforms. And I was like, dude, who the hell are you? Why are you still in college? Like what what um then he would say everyone with their lacrosse uniforms wanted custom socks to match and i was like oh yeah this is so cool
0: there's a lot that could impress you about the all-new honda prologue ev true it's got class leading passenger space and clean thoughtful design and intuitive technology but what really sets the prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an ev it's a honda honda the power of dreams visit honda.com prologue to learn more
2: go sell on campus and we had no idea what we were doing we didn't know if we get in trouble for selling on campus we're like shit let's just go why not and then using that same strategy like selling outside of the dining hall selling around campus we sold 20,000 pairs our senior year and like created this really cool brand around it
1: what was the reaction from people when you set up a table outside the dining hall and people would walk by what was your pitch to them at that point
2: I mean, we just harassed people like we did not let them walk in or out without if they didn't buy, they'd have to give us the names of three friends who would buy and give us their number so we can call them or follow us on Instagram. And we just like bothered people. And they're like, dude, I just want to get a sandwich. Get out of my way. And I'm like, no, no, no. You need a $10 pair of socks. Oh, you're not going on the way in. And they'd always say like, OK, let me get lunch. and I will think about it on the way out, like thinking I'll forget about them. But the exit and the entrance were the same. So like, hey, you said you're coming back after you eat. You're back. Come here. I'm not letting you go. And just, you know, just hustle as much as possible.
1: Do you remember the first day? I mean, do you remember, like, I guess there's always that excitement around starting something. Do you remember the first day? So well. So it was the
2: entrepreneurship class that day. That was the first day I ever met Parker, the first day of senior year. And I was like, dude, let's go sell these on campus tomorrow. And he was like, no, no, we can't sell them on campus. I was like, yeah, yeah, we can. So that day, (laughs) that same day, we drove to TJ Maxx and Ross, I think, or TJ Maxx and bought every single blank white Nike sock, Adidas sock, Reebok sock we could. And we spent all night We had this little heat press and we had pressed designs on them. And we made 200 pairs of socks that night. The very next day we hit campus with a little folding table. And I remember so well, because Parker dropped me off with one box of socks and a folding table. And he went to go find parking. And by the time he came back, I had like $250 cash in my hand. And he was like, oh, no, you're messing with me. Like, you had that cash. And I was like, dude, I've sold 25 pairs of socks at $10 a pair. And he's like, no, you're messing with me. But then that day, we went on to sell $2,000 of socks. And we're like, whoa, if we could sell $10 socks to college kids who are going to get lunch and have no money, we could sell socks. And that was like the most motivating thing ever.
1: Had you sold? I mean, you're talking about your, your business experience before that. What what was your business experience? Obviously, in college and selling stuff. How did you get into uh, sales? Was that always a hey? This is something I'm good at.
2: I mean, it was. It started out of necessity. It's so, like I was a big Clippers fan growing up. Los Angeles Clippers, the basketball team. And I'd go outside Staples Center, and I didn't have money to go to the game, so I, I would just scalp tickets. And I'd start with the five dollar nosebleed tickets. And by the end, by the time the game started, I get there at 6.30, the games start at 7.30. So I had an hour to try to scalp and keep making money, making money. And by the time the tip off for the game, I'd almost always have like a seat near courtside or like down lower level just by flipping tickets all day. So that's how I started when I was 16. Then I started a couple other companies selling shit, like joined a fraternity in college and was sold all the t-shirts for all the fraternities and sororities, not only in my school, but around the country pretty much. Um, so I always had a knack for just buying and selling shit.
1: at 16 you're outside staples center upgrading tickets
2: yeah and it was good because i was like this like innocent little kid so like i mean there's a lot of issues with scalpers and a lot of scalpers a lot of times like they come up pretty sketchy so like no one wants to deal with them with fake tickets or whatever but like i'm this nice little kid who has like is super innocent so like i did pretty well with the
1: clientele there i'm sure you use (laughs) that to your advantage too of like ah, i'm just a kid i'm just trying to just get a couple bucks exactly and like and there are times even where people would buy tickets for me
2: they weren't even going to the game, but they would just buy tickets to support me. Like, nice job, kid. It's like when you get lemonade from a lemonade stand and you don't even drink it. It's oh, like man. People just wanted to support me.
1: People were already feeling bad for the Clippers probably at that point because they weren't probably as great, and now they're feeling bad for you. It's a double, like, emotion. It was a double whammy. They're like,
2: damn, this kid, like, so sad for him and so sad for him. He's a Clipper fan. Like, That's horrible, too. Let's just give him money.
1: At what point did you realize when you – was it that day one when you had sold $2,000? You were like – this is something like this really is something.
2: Yeah. Cause I've started, I mean, well, the point when I realized it was when my friends actually asked to start buying socks, cause I, I'm the kind of guy like I've had concepts and started like five, 10 different companies. And when your closest friends, like usually they're not supporting you, they're shitting on you and like making mm-hmm. fun of you
1: or, or whenever, asking, or kind asking of rent for free hustle things
2: you're trying to do. Um, so when my friends were like, yo, can I actually buy some socks? I was like, whoa, this is actually cool. My friends that usually make fun of me are actually wanting to support me. This is definitely something.
1: How did you balance school and work then that senior year? Because I'm sure what, once something starts to become successful, that's where you want to put your mind in. But then to finish school, where do you go? Yeah, so actually that's a great – you what know, happened
2: this? Parker just joined here. <laughs> this is my co-founder. Um, balancing oh, wow. school – we're talking about how we balance school oh, yeah. and we try not to laugh. But we had this program at our school um, where you could build your own major. So I was in the business school and I was studying finance. And I actually dropped out of the business school my senior year to this program where you could build your own major. And I forget what my title was, but pretty much we did independent studies. And Parker was the person signing off on my hours and I was the person signing off on his hours. So senior year, we pretty much didn't take any classes and we were
1: each other's teachers. Wow. And now, just so everyone knows who's watching, Parker, you said, is the co-founder. And he, I mean, you guys have uh, started started from the bottom. Now you're here. Yeah,
2: exactly. So he was the guy that made millions of dollars selling lacrosse uniforms in college and had the idea for the socks. And the guy I met senior year when I was telling that story. Is that how you referred to me as the guy? Yeah. I think I said the dude. I think
1: you said that dude. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) It's not. Hey, it's not a bad thing. You guys are both on Forbes 30 Under 30, uh, so you know you're doing something right. Was there ever the the thought of like, wow, we're growing really fast? Or are we growing too fast?
2: Um, I mean, we raised some money, and we, we so we graduated college. A couple days after that, we got we raised 250k, and we were like, holy shit, like we have money, and we're gonna go take on the world. Started growing pretty fast, and then we raised a million dollars a couple, maybe like a, a year, year later. A year later,
0: um,
2: at a ten million dollar valuation, And we were just like, "Oh shit!" Like our valuation just ten x in a year, and now we have to go hire people and start a real company. So, like, I mean, I feel like you're always feel like you're going too fast. Um, if you're if you don't feel like that, you feel stagnant.
1: Were you learning from people? How did you know about the evaluate uh, the valuations of the company and being able to raise money?
2: We had no idea.
0: Uh, when we started, we had no idea. Some friends were talking about raising money, and then we kind of just looked into it. And the advisor said, "Hey, I might know a guy." And we just before we knew it, found ourselves raising money. It like wasn't really like a uh, planned out. Uh, it wasn't like a big plan or anything. And we had no
2: idea about anything when we started. And just along the way, you find someone who raised money really well, and you reach out to them and say, "Hey, I'm raising money. Can you teach me?" And they teach you everything you know. You find someone who knows social media stuff really well. You ask them. You find someone who knows e-commerce. Really well. So, we just found experts and reached out to them and got them to like us and got them to teach us what they know and mentor us.
1: It's just, it seems like, you know, it's been a certainly a, a learning experience just all along. Every day, you're almost trying to pick up something new because that's the industry, I think.
0: For sure. I, I mean, we don't to this day, it's like we wake up in the morning and it's something new that we're tackling, something new that we're going after. Nothing's figured out. As soon as we catch up to something, it just changes.
2: And even, like, today, I came over here. I thought we are going to do, like, a quiet work day. and I get here, and within 15 minutes, Parker's like, we're going to Long Beach. And I'm like, which is an hour away. And I was like, oh, I just sat down. And he's like, yeah, we're doing some manufacturing there. We're going to Long Beach. And then I come. Then we're like, okay, we have to hustle back from Long Beach. And I'm telling him, okay, we got to get back because we're doing this thing at 4. So it's like every day, it's just, like, different things popping up.
1: Wouldn't have it any other way, though, would you?
2: No, it's fun. It's exciting. We hate routine. <laughs>
1: Your, your business now is all e-commerce and online, certainly uh, uh, on the Feet Socks website, www.feetsocks.com. I want everyone to be able to go there and check it out and hoodies and socks. What do you guys know about e-commerce? Does anyone know you know everything about e-commerce, or is that, again, just the, the industry of you're picking things new every day of how people are reacting to posts, how people are using social media?
2: We're the only people in the world who know e-commerce. We think. No, I mean, e commerce, it's always being on your toes and coming out with the next thing. When Facebook changes their algorithm, when something changes, you have to be the first on the know with the social and the um, digital world. But we're lucky to surround ourselves with like some of the smartest and coolest people in the e commerce world. And so we kind of always have our finger on the pulse of what's going on. And that's the most important thing.
1: Why e commerce? Because you say you started selling them literally just. With people face-to-face outside of a dining room, at what point did you think, hey, let's do e-commerce versus let's try to continue selling in person?
2: Yeah, I mean, we tried everything. So at first, we were super set on retail and we built out a whole sales team of like seven people. We got into 500 retail stores and we were like very, very, very heavy on retail. That's all we sold. That's all we focused on. And then, I mean, we could talk about that. Like, Yeah. It was a pain. Like, you'd sell into this account and they'd order $300 well, of socks. you begged
0: to sell in. you finally convince them. Then they'd sell the socks. And then you call them. They couldn't pay you. And it was just like, holy cow. Like, the amount of people and infrastructure you need to be able to support
2: such small accounts just didn't make sense. And then we met the guys at Movement. No, White. no, before that, we went, then we're like, oh shit, how do we sell socks? We went all went on selling through social media people. So we sold through Ali Raisman. We went in line with her. She sold half a million dollars of socks. Logan Paul, we worked with him. He sold like half a million dollars of socks. And then we started seeing diminishing returns there. And then as we're seeing that, we're like, shit, how else can we sell socks? Like we need something more sustainable, scalable,
0: something that like, just you need some sort of patterns and there's no patterns in influencer and selling through influencers. And then retail was just, it, it the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. Mm-hmm. So then, we're, then we got really close with the guys at Movement Watches and they kind of opened up
2: our eyes to e-commerce and showed us how scalable... Um, it could be. I think we read one article. Like, this 26-year-old has a company that's doing $80 million a year. And we both just looked at each other like, what the fuck? Let's well, we find, gotta know this
0: guy. Yeah, yeah. let's yeah. find
2: this guy and let's talk to him. So we'd send him a cold email. We're like, Jake, we need to talk to you." And he's been so cool and such a good mentor. And
1: that's the guy for Movement?
2: Yes, they're a CEO.
1: Yeah, Movement, I think, it was just valued at... Man, they were... I, I forget what the number was. I, I read the other day, it talked about... uh Man, it was at least tens of millions of dollars. I think they
2: just got acquired for a hundred million. That's front, what it was.
1: Yeah, they just got yeah. acquired for a hundred million dollars. Um, was with them? I mean, was was it just constantly a a, a, a growing partnership or relationship? I mean, not a, a business partnership. Are you trying to just ask him questions and be able to pick his mind?
2: That's I mean, kind of, but that's no fun. So yeah, with ev- with everyone, were in any sort of partnership or relationship or mentorship with like we try to be friends with Mm -hmm. that's where you win i mean nobody wants a business connection and their network like yeah that's it's
0: it's a two-way street in terms of value like jake gives us so much value of course but we try to help -hmm. him in other ways and Mm -hmm. you know we we all learn from each other's experiences and um you know he was like wait, what the heck? You guys drove 1.5 million unique visitors to your site in a day with no advertising. How the heck did you do that? And, you know, that was something that we could talk to him about. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're definitely, now we're just friends. <laughs>
1: <laughs> talk about using, uh, influencers. Cause I think a lot of people see that on their Instagram and their Facebook and their Twitter, and they see, uh, influencers people with large followings promoting things. It, Talk about how that has revolutionized e-commerce and sales of using these people with big platforms to be able to help push your product and be able to partner with them.
2: Yeah. I mean, so we were really early on influencer marketing in 2015, and that's when we first worked with Ali Raisman, and we were just so bullish on it. And we really thought there was opportunity there. And that's when in 2015, that was before influencer marketing was a huge thing. And people didn't even know if they could sell or not.
0: And they weren't even really
2: called influencers just no. that short ago. Like people weren't, it wasn't such a common word. Um, and now the space is completely diluted and pretty valueless. But um, unless you find kind of the right people. So mm-hmm. some people have, there's we learned because we've done deals with, you know, people like Ali Raisman, Logan Paul, the chain smokers. So people from all over, um, celebrities, athletes, musicians, and, there's a huge difference between following and selling power. And we kind of learned that the hard way, but we structured our deals so we can never really get too burned on them. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just a whole world. And now it's so diluted because everyone's on their Instagram saying like, I love fit tea. Buy my fit tea. I love <laughs> necklaces. Buy my necklaces. Teeth I love whitener. T-shirt.
1: Teeth whitener. Anyone?
2: Yeah. Teeth whitener. Exactly. All that. Um, so, and I mean, it's funny today because like, I get hit up almost every single day by people interested in, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go pay this influencer five grand for a swipe up, or I'm super hyped about this. I'm like, don't do that. That's stupid. And they're like, what? Why? Look at their engagement. I'm like, that engagement, like, they get a tenth of that, and then they just go and buy that. They buy fake likes, they buy fake followers. And none of that's real. You're going to get no money back. And they're like, no, I really watch it. I'm like, literally, you might as well burn your money on fire. <laughs>
1: Is that uh, is something that you guys learned the hard way once or twice? I mean, is it something you've been lucky with?
2: I mean, I, I was pretty, I set up all the deals to cover our asses. So, pretty mm. much with influencers, we never, pay, the crazy thing is, like with influencers, we've never paid anyone an upfront. We've never, it's smart. It we definitely thought that. about it, though. We yeah. thought, we <laughs> do. we thought we were going to play this one dude, this one Instagram guy with 20 million followers. He wanted a half a million dollars upfront guarantee. And luckily we backed out last minute because that deal would have mm-hmm. fucking sucked. We would not got our money back. <laughs> but um, yeah, of every deal we've done, there've been back-end profit splits and the socks have been made to order. So nice. we, we could never we've never exposed
1: ourselves to any risk with that. What is the best way to be able to reach consumers now? Have have you found?
0: Create something of value first. I think like there's I think there's two types of companies you see being built. Companies that are being built and just forcing demand. And it really doesn't add any value. There's a zillion people in the space with like something competitive. Um, if you have something of true value that is like unique enough, and it's um, somewhat, uh, What's her name? Jen from Away just said, if it's not, if people aren't going to talk about it, then don't do it. And I, when she said that, I was like, wow, that's brilliant. It makes so much sense, right? Like, mm-hmm. don't just sell another iPhone case that is no different than the next one. If it's truly of value, and then people talk about it, that's like the, that's you're going to see the biggest growth that way.
1: Are you still uh, doing online ads is there a, a certain way that you found works of doing the swipe ups doing the promotions doing sponsored posts
0: yeah I think I mean I think that's different for everyone um, we definitely have our own techniques there and it's something that I think is one of our biggest strong points is just like we understand how to communicate with people through ads in a more effective way than most mm-hmm. I think um, and I think that's why we're we're still in business. But yeah, I mean, we definitely advertise on all social media. Um, we're super creative and finding ways to sell socks and different things like that.
1: That's a must now, right? Advertising on social media for any business, you have to be connected. Do you think?
0: Um, no, I don't think so. I, I think I think every business is different, and it takes. Um, You know, everyone's goal, like everyone doesn't have the same goal of build a hundred million dollar business, right? Like and every business isn't necessarily suited to be a hundred million dollar business. So I think first it's most important to be like, okay, what is the business? What is the true opportunity here? Be unbiased and and not you know, don't be emotionally attached to it and think about like where can this business go? Um so I mean, to say, Oh, go on social media, I think for a lot of companies doesn't make any sense. Like my my dad's company, it's a landscape company in Connecticut, like they could post all day on social media. It's not, it's not really going to drive
2: sales or, or you know move the needle.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: so every business is different, and especially when it's not native, when it's forced. Like I think a lot of these companies that don't need to be on social media, are like oh we need the millennials on social media, so we got to go do the social media and do the stories and go and put the tags on people. And it's just like, don't force it. If it's not natural, it just doesn't
1: work. Yeah. One company I actually saw today today was uh, is the 70th anniversary of In n Out opening, and I actually noticed that they do not have a Twitter account In n Out, and I, that like blew my mind. But what you're saying is correct. I mean, they, they're successful in other ways, and sometimes I think it, you could be forcing it.
2: Yeah, or you could be like, I know Wendy's is really active on Twitter, mm-hmm. and they're hilarious. Yeah, I need to talk about right. It's like, they're good at it. Yep, good. But it's
0: like, own what you're good at. Don't force it just because just Taco Bell's good at it or Wendy's is good at it doesn't mean In-N-Out should try to figure out. How to, like, In-N-Out, d- there's always a line. Mm-hmm. Twitter's not gonna.
2: I don't think Twitter's going to make their line longer.
1: 100%. The only
2: thing, it might, it might hurt them by what they tweet. Like, they, it's working. Don't try to fix
1: it. 100%. And you guys both, in uh, 2017, were named to Forbes 30 Under 30 in retail and e-commerce. First, congratulations. Uh, again, I know that's a very prestigious thing to be a part of. What was that like? Knowing that uh, you were on that list, building up to
2: it, we were so excited. And the day of, we were like, we we're like, whoa, this is so cool. It was external validation from someone because you kind of work with your head down for a couple of years, not knowing if you're doing well, not knowing how the world sees you. Because you only see the, the debts, like the liabilities you own, and you only see the risk you're taking. You don't really see the outside world being like, congrats, you're doing a good job. And you never stop and smell the roses when
0: you're building something? You know, because you're always in you're,
2: you're like always chasing the horizon.
0: So something like this to me is almost just like a, it's like a,
2: that's like being verified on in Instagram, but in real. Once <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, it's kind of. Because <laughs> when you when you get to a million dollars in sales, you're like, shit. Why aren't we doing ten? That's what we thought. We get to ten, we're like, why aren't we doing a hundred? And like we're never satisfied. So the Forbes 30 thing that was great for what a day? I, I no, I still think it's cool though. It's. Uh, I
0: still think it's cool because P- it it just tells other people it, it's the blue check mark on your
2: yeah, career. Mm-hmm. We're it, verified. It's that thing line. you
1: can put at the at the bottom of an email uh, or in a bio line. Yeah, for sure,
2: and yeah. people respect you.
1: Hundred percent. Was that an opportunity for you guys? I know you went back this year uh, to kind of speak at the uh, thirty under thirty in twenty eighteen. Was is that an opportunity for you guys to network and just feel inspired and motivated talking with other people who are obviously you know putting in the work.
2: I mean, it's such a good community of successful people that are helping successful people. And I think that's like, you're only in business and in life, you're only as good and as powerful as your network. So like, we're just keep growing our network with these amazing people that can open so many doors in so many different ways. So it's been amazing for us.
1: You talked about the, you know, for two years, you just had your head down and you were grinding. I want to talk about the, those two years and like what that's like, the daily grind. Is that, I mean, Literally, I know you guys are the founders of the company. People think, oh, you're the founders, yeah, you're, you're doing the stuff, and then other people are doing the work. Talk about those two years of, of you guys having to maybe travel to be able to look at items and to be able to help pack things and ship things out, and what was the day-to-day of those two years like?
0: I mean, everything from day one, it was like we had to print our own socks with our own two hands. We were printing freaking socks in a warehouse in
2: Amherst, Massachusetts in 30-degree and weather with heat. Yeah, we, you know, like, we couldn't turn the heat on in our warehouse because it was too expensive. So we would literally wear these huge North Face jackets, beanies, and be printing these socks. You have to be very delicate with putting the page, the the paper, right over the sock perfectly so it prints. You're doing with gloves on in 30 degree weather. And you know, like from that
0: to selling at events to tell, like going to trade shows and store, we did everything. Um, but I think, like my, my personal, and you company probably agree, like our biggest takeaway over the past couple of years has been that. This mentality of like work your life away to get to a light at the end of the tunnel is not sustainable um, because you just burn out before you get to the end of the tunnel and then you're just stuck there. And what we realized was like we were building such imbalanced lives, our lives, and it just doesn't work. And we kind of had to change our perspective to instead of looking at a tunnel to get to the light at the end, it was like every day is in the light, enjoy every day, build a multi dimensional life that is bigger than your work we used to be we used to be so obsessed that we couldn't talk about anything but our work and now when I hear people talk like that it irritates me I go oh my gosh you're so naive and you don't understand that life is bigger than just the business that you build and and that your your title and your business name and growth and revenues are not your
1: they define everything you as yeah a they don't define
0: you as a person and I think like that's the most valuable realization that I personally had I know you've had it too this year like we this year
2: we pick up like hobbies we actually decided to have friends for the first time in two
0: years you know drink like, a
2: beer for the first time in two years we get so caught up in on social media especially like and gary b the worst on this it's like hustle grind if you're like if you're smiling or having fun you're not working hard enough if you even take a second to say hi to a friend you're not working hard enough you're gonna lose it's like that sucks. Like, yeah, I don't think there can be Gary. B more sucks. Mentality. Like, I don't <laughs> want to be him. I don't want to be his age and like working all the time and hustling and grinding. Like, dude, I want to enjoy
1: life. What is the pressure like of like you're saying? Especially, you know, you're among these people, and we're all looking up to these people who are, you know, um, inspirational and motivational and growing business. And like, it almost seems like it's almost like you're trying to one up each other with how hard you're working. What is the pressure like of? thinking like, oh, if I take a, a break, if I take, if I go to the bathroom yeah. and I'm there for more than three minutes, I'm wasting time.
0: Yeah. I think, I think, it, I think a big straight. part of that mentality. Sorry. I think a big part of that mentality is first actually looking in the mirror and thinking about what you actually want. We used to always say, we want to do a hundred million dollars. Then our investor would say, why? And what we realized is we didn't even have a good, why there was no reason for it. Like it, we, we couldn't even say, cause we want to be rich. Because that wasn't that wasn't the driving that wasn't the motivation there. So it's like you have to stop and think about what you actually want. Um, and comparison does no good. Like it just doesn't do anything. If you're getting if this if your show here makes you a billionaire, it really doesn't change my life. I'm still waking up and doing the same thing tomorrow. Right? It's amazing for you, but like to compare myself to that mm-hmm. just really doesn't does no good. Um, and then the other thing I think with comparison, like so many people fall for headlines. And try to compare themselves directly to that and then replicate it. And it's like that you can never replicate someone else's success because you can't replicate the time and place. So as soon as you kind of just understand these
1: things or like um I don't know, I completely lost my train of thought, but <laughs> Yeah, you realize that you know, it's the rat race is for rats. And don't be a yeah. rat. <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly that's
2: good. That's perfect we just laugh at the rats now and like if someone wants to be like i'm working i'm grinding like okay that's My, cool um, man
0: our, our friend colin con and samir they're like creators and they said they're i think they are a couple years older than us and they said that they used to think there's nothing else i want to be doing but grinding and working and i th- and it, i almost thought for myself and for someone and for the rest of the world that that was cool and they said now i hate nothing more they're like i don't think that's cool I don't even really respect that anymore because what it tells me is you just don't understand life, life as a whole. Like you could, you understand one dimension. Yeah. Hmm. Anyone can understand one dimension of life. I think that's the easy part. But hmm. building an actual
2: life, you could die tomorrow. Like yeah. enjoy the shit you have now. Like we, mm-hmm. I used to look at someone like chilling on the beach on a Tuesday. Like damn, this person's lazy. Or like someone sleeping in. It's like lazy. It's like no, they're actually just enjoying life. Like cool, good for them.
1: You guys, uh, I, what I love about you guys and your brand and you guys individually is that you're so open and honest. And you're, A, you're, you're so open and honest about your brand of like, you're so behind what you do and you know got what you guys do and you know how... Freaking awesome it is, to be able to provide these amazing socks and comfortable hoodies and to be able to get them to people and to be able to make their lives better and their lives happier, but that you 're also open and talking about I guess the the struggles a little bit that you had and what the grind is like, and I know certainly uh, you guys posted on Instagram about in February you know you had to let some people go and um, Taylor had to move into the parents' basement, and then Parker, you had to sleep on a friend 's couch. At that point, I mean, was there ever thought of, of shutting the business down, or how did you guys keep each other motivated during that point?
2: I mean, we've kind of always talked about like the only time you lose is when you give up. Like the only way you lose a business is by quitting, or you either run out of cash, or you stop working on it. And even if you run out of cash, there's ways like, you we can ran out of cash. We were way upside down. We had you got to figure out. <laughs> we it not, not only
0: out. didn't have cash, we owed
2: a lot of cash to other people. The only way. To win is don't stop. Like, don't let anything, in any successful business, like, why are they successful? Because it didn't stop. There's a million times you could have quit along the way. It's yeah. like, just don't stop and you're going to win. What so, yeah, you... I mean, it's hard. I mean, you get punched in the face and you have to stand up and get punched in the face again. And then you stand up again and you get punched in the stomach. And then you stand up again and you get punched again. And you're like, shit.
0: But eventually you just kind of get used to getting punched. <laughs> it, <hurt laughs> it, it doesn't hurt as bad you just right? like, like, boxers get hit in the head. They can take it way more than you and I can. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. Same thing in business. It's like, oh, cool. Which, I mean. We, Every day, something like, you know, now, like, we'll get an email. Oh, I'm going to sue you for this or that. And now we,
1: it's like, I used oh, to freak out. But
2: it's like, okay. ha, that's a punch. That felt like a little jab. Like, yeah. cool. This used to hurt. It doesn't hurt anymore.
1: <laughs> what are friends and family saying? I mean, are they have they been encouraging? Has there Have you kind of, you know, st- had some doubters and you try to just block them out and you just want to surround yourself with positivity?
2: Yeah, I think we're both so lucky that we have such a good, mm-hmm. solid core with our family and close friends who support us through the ups and downs and through everything. Like, I think that's one of the most important things that we even don't op- often attribute our success to enough. Like, having that core family supporting you is, like, huge. Because there are so many haters. There are so many people telling you you're idiots. There's so many people, like... I mean, even if it takes someone two weeks to get their socks and they start messaging on social media, like, F you yeah. guys, you guys are scammers. You piece of yeah, shit. That's the
0: hardest thing about social media, like the best thing about it, is it's so easy for people to get feedback. The worst thing about it is it's so easy to get for people to get feedback. Right? Like no one gives, no one on social media goes, "Wow, I got my order exactly as expected. Thank you so much." Right? We only hear from the ones mm-hmm. that had the worst experience it's the a Yelp effect right you get one yep. star or
2: five stars and nothing in between and it's crazy because if we if you you know have 10,000 orders in a month and you get all you hear is like 20 complaints you're yeah. like you hear 20 complaints and you're like damn we suck we have yeah these people hating us but then you look 20 that's like 0.002 0.002% yeah that means
1: 9,980 people were happy
2: Exactly. Right. You
1: know, and that's the hardest
0: part is we go, it's like, oh, like we take it so personally and people love to get angry at a company. And then we're like, look, a company, is just us. Like we are the company. You're yelling at us. We're people. We're not here to scam you. We're gonna ship your stuff just like we did for the other nine
2: hundred or nine thousand nine hundred eighty. You know, <laughs> but you only hear the bad and you only focus on the bad. Yeah.
1: What so does being an entrepreneur mean to you guys? When someone says, "Oh, I'm an entrepreneur," you say, "You know, to yourself, I- I'm an entrepreneur." What does that mean? Because that has such a high, you know, appeal of like, "Oh, I'm an entrepreneur." What it, What does that mean? What does it take to be an entrepreneur? I think it's funny that even that you say it has a high appeal and high value
2: because, like, us as entrepreneurs, like. We know how much it sucks. <laughs> like there's so much down and negative and like stress and stuff. And I think the people that like calling themselves entrepreneurs, it's like most aren't, you're just saying that cause you don't really know what it's like. Cause like, if you do know what it's like, you know how hard it is. Like you wouldn't be showing it off. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of people on social media who are just like spread a bunch of fake news about entrepreneurship and call themselves entrepreneurs. It's like, no, like it's not rosy. It's not fun. You're not making money. Like, no one does like i think for me
0: it's about uh to me being an entrepreneur just means like seeing opportunity where other people don't necessarily um and just blindly trusting your gut and saying oh i really do see an opportunity here um and people just kind of someone said to us recently um like we could just rub two sticks together and create a fire with anything and it's like Yes. Like that to me is a true entrepreneur where it's just like, I don't know. I, I got to sell something in this garage because I need a hundred bucks. Let me find it, you know, and just figuring it out. And just,
2: I mean, yeah. Entrepreneurs just solving every random problem on different days. So whether it's our, the label printers broken, and we can't ship. Like now you're an expert on label printers <laughs> or Hey, we, we need some new designs and we need them in the next two hours. Hey, I'm the expert at Photoshop now in design. You, you become the expert at everything. And you have
1: no excuse. Like there's, You just do whatever it takes. What are the top lessons you guys have learned in the past three to four years of running and growing a business?
0: My number one off the top of my head is just like your business is is not everything. Your business is not your identity. Um, I can't harp on that enough. I don't think enough people talk about that. Everyone talks about your business is everything. Work hard. The reason you're failing is because you don't work hard enough, and nothing drives me more crazy because – You know, we're both super motivated. You guys, sorry, you got. We're both super motivated, but we also just want to enjoy it every single day. Um, For a while, we kind of lost that spark day to day. So it's nice to, it's nice to have that mentality of, hey, our business is still going to grow, and we're still going to build this as big and bad as we can. But we're going to enjoy every second of it.
1: Taylor, anything? Uh,
2: Wait, what was the question again?
1: What What have you learned the past past three to four years about yourself? About uh growing a business i think the biggest thing was like
2: being businesses exist to make money um so like always focus on your bottom line a lot of times it's super easy to get caught up in the top line revenue and caught up in raising money and caught up in like you know hiring people and like with every business i was them like is that necessary like do you need to actually hire an employee or is it something you can do on your own like do you need snacks in the office or can you get by without it do you need an office do you need that um and kind of like breaking out every cost and like really thinking through like okay what is actually necessary what if it was gone tomorrow would put us out of
1: business okay that won't then we don't need it i love that attitude what is your guys definition of success we talk a lot about success into culture the show you know we're talking about having people achieve success it's a it's a term with a, a wide definition i think what does it mean to you guys For me,
2: success isn't anything monetary. It isn't anything in business. Success is just being happy, being able to sit in a chair right now and just be like, Wow, like it's awesome. I'm happy. Life's good. Being able to I mean, be waiting at the DMV for an hour with a smile on your face, like I'm alive. I'm inside, like things are good. Enjoying food, like enjoying life, like having the simplest things and just be happy for the longest period of time. Parker? Um
0: Success, to me, is being able to wake up every day and and do whatever it is that you want to. So for everyone that's different, right? Like, if if my desire was to, like, climb a corporate ladder, that should be awesome. And I should enjoy every second of it. Success, to me, is, like, when your every day is your dream day. Um, It's kind of vague, but that's my definition. Like, if I wake up tomorrow and I'm bored of what I'm doing or I'm sad about what I'm doing, like, I just want to be able to change it. And as long as I can keep doing that and just kind of following my own feelings and kind of echoing what Taylor said, like, as long as I'm so happy every single day and learning and growing, that to me is already success.
1: I love that. I love both of your definitions. I truly do. Like, you know, in a world where a lot of people see success and they're like, oh, what car are you driving? Oh, what house do you have? Oh, how many sales? How much money? Like the true success of what you guys are saying is the day to day, the day to day living enjoyment of life. I think that's awesome. Thank you. What advice do you have for people who are maybe looking at starting something? They're saying, "Oh, I see this need in society, and I want to be able to tackle. It. I want to be able to fill this need. There's a void here, and you know, maybe advice that you would give yourselves three years ago. You know, when you're getting dropped off, uh, Taylor to." Sell socks and parker you're yeah. parking the car and it's like, all right, well, we're about to do this. What advice would you give yourselves uh, from three or four years ago? what advice do you have for other people who are looking to start a business or have started it and wanting to grow the business? I think
0: first, if you can answer why you want to do all that that's the ultimate win if you can't answer why then you shouldn't do it at all because otherwise you're just in the motions you're not like it's like what are you really doing so almost like every day ask yourself, why are you doing that? Why am I going to this corporate job? Why am I going to think about starting this company? Ooh, I see a need. I'm thinking about a business, but why would you Why would you want to do that? And the answer is totally okay to be like, well, I want to get rich. Like that's, that's a fine answer if that's what you want. It's just know your why on your way in and then you'll more clearly know how you're going to get there,
2: right? Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. And I would say too, um, just start. So like a lot of people get so caught up in like, it's not perfect before launch. Like it doesn't matter. Like we started with a our first pair of socks was a pair of Nike socks and we couldn't figure out how to print the whole design down. So we could only print half the sock. So half the sock was white and half the sock had a print on it. It looked like shit. And that's where you start. <laughs> and wherever you start isn't where you're going to end up. We started selling socks on canvas. We didn't even know about e-commerce. The journey will take you there. It's never going to be perfect. Just start as soon as possible and fail and change and iterate
1: Just get going. Get moving. And that was today's advice for a better life of you. You're never, rarely, you're rarely ready for success right away. You're rarely ready to be able to star in that A-list film, to be able to run that multi-million dollar company, to be able to go win the Grammy. You're rarely ready for that if you started tomorrow. But you can start tomorrow, and you can start on that journey, and that will lead you to the success. I mean, you guys are three, four years into it. Again, you're still learning things every day. You're still growing, right? Every day. I mean, we're, we think we're we have so much to learn and grow. What does it? What does the future hold? What's the future goal? Why? What's the future why?
2: Uh-huh. Ask Parker. He's been asking this every day for the past two weeks.
0: <laughs> What's
2: the future why? Um, I, I, kind of
0: echoing the earlier answer. It's like the why is make sure that I love what I'm doing every single day. If you don't love doing something, stop doing it. Um, so I don't know where I want to be in five years necessarily I just want to make sure that I'm still genuinely happy every single day with what I'm doing uh, with who I'm surrounding myself with I want to continue to learn and grow I always want to go over like almost laugh at myself last month or last year um, as long as I'm doing that I feel like I'm progressing and and I think there's so much to still like you like like we just said there's so much still to learn in business and in life that as long as As long as we're progressing, you know, I'm I'm pretty happy with that. So that's really just my goal for now.
1: Fantastic, fantastic. Well, Taylor Offer, Parker Byrne, thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode of I Could Never Be here on the Popcorn Talk. Again, everybody go to FeetSocks.com. Check them out. They not only have socks but the most comfortable hoodies, right, guys? Most comfortable hoodies ever? Most comfortable hoodies in the world. Yep. There you go. Go check them out. Go buy a pair. Go buy a hoodie. And after you get done with that, go like, comment, subscribe on this video. Go over and leave a review on our podcast on Apple iTunes. Again, thank you to Becky and GRHY for your very nice reviews. We'll give shout-outs every single week. And we are here every single week on the Popcorn Talk Network. Every Monday we're live here talking with musicians, actors, athletes, people in business, people who we deem as successful and think that their paths have been easy but when you actually talk with them, you hear the struggles and hear how many times that they wanted to quit, but they kept going. And we share those stories to be able to inspire you, be able to help you appreciate their journeys, and to be able to build them up along the way. All about spreading positivity. So until next week, we'll see you next time. producers maria menounos kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire popcorn talk network we would like to thank you for tuning in for questions or comments be sure to visit popcorntalk.com i'm sir richard wentworth and this has been a presentation of the popcorn talk network